The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. This is your United States of America. Saturday, September 18th, 2021, and you're tuned into the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by the HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com, and presented by Hami Media. On today's show, we're going to the dark side of the ring, NXT 2.0, Biggie, CM Punk, Grand Slam, and of course, the Suzuki. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to remind you, this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news and is news from across the professional wrestling world. Find the entire show online, HTM underscore pod, email, hittingthemarks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo, I'll be your host for the day. Time to welcome in the tag team partner, he's the G.A.G. from the PWC. He's my lockdown brother, he's my boy Jimmy T. Welcome back to your show. Why, thank you, Jago. That was a great introduction, dude. I can't give that justice, man. That's how good it was. But I'm glad to be back on. And what, like I said last week, what a damn week it's been in wrestling, dude. Man, and, What's and going on? And this week, it's not even about the wrestling. It's all the crap outside of wrestling. It, 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 the pro wrestling community is a mess, man. What are we Don't doing? Don't even give me stuff. <laughs> what are we doing? I mean, this has been going on now for, what, 18 months or so since the, the hashtag Me Too thing, like, first broke. And ever since then, these woke assholes have taken over the, the Twitter community and the internet wrestling community. We got to talk about Dark Side of the Ring. We got to talk about Tommy Dreamer. We got to talk about the Nature Boy. Woo! Ric Flair. <laughs> I mean, I. what are we doing Speaking of all, what are we doing? What about Sean Ross Sapp, dude? Have you seen the debacle with him? I, I, I saw that there's something going on with Sean Ross Sapp. What is going on with Sean Ross Sapp? Fill me in on this story. Well, basically, he's not defending Tommy Dreamer, obviously, right? Well, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do that here shortly. So get your cancel buttons ready on your fire brother breathing Twitter machine, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. So basically, he's just he's just bitching and whining. To everybody, he's actually even getting cops involved for certain people on Twitter that fucking go against the grain. I don't need, I don't know what the hell's going on, but this wrestling community is one big mess, like you said. And everyone is just, it's, it's like the Royal Rumble, dude. Every man for, for themselves right now. And somehow Hulk Hogan <laughs> is still in this thing. Like, explain <laughs> that one to me. Somehow he's still in this thing, but we're going after Tommy freaking Dreamer and we're going after the nature boy, Ric Flair. All right. Well, I guess we'll start things with Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer comes on dark side of the ring. And I wouldn't even say that he was necessarily defending Ric Flair. I felt like Tommy Dreamer was defending the pro wrestling business. Here's the thing that nobody's talking about. Number one. This freaking airplane is stuck on the tarmac for seven hours with unlimited alcohol and a bunch of testosterone-driven men. 
What the hell did you think was going to happen? Number one, the liability should fall on the plane operators and ownership before anybody else. There's no reason that talent sat on that plane for seven hours and went through three freaking alcohol carts. There's no reason that that should have happened. It wouldn't matter if it was pro wrestlers. It wouldn't matter if it was NBA players. It wouldn't matter if it was NFL players. It wouldn't matter if it was fucking rock stars. You put a bunch of testosterone driven men in a tube, lock them in there for seven hours and give them unlimited alcohol. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? That's number one. Any comment on number one, Jimmy? I totally agree with you. I'm glad you brought that up because nobody wants to mention that dude. No one wants to actually say that they were, they were stuck for seven hours all right. And they on a tarmac, he goes f- coming through the wazoo, dude. Right? And they're bored, not to mention bored. Heck, I would even say if you and I and a whole bunch of other dudes were on the plane for seven hours, I bet we'd be the exact same way. Maybe not as bad, but still. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think it's a little unfair on Rick, right? Because why now? Why now? It's like nobody knew about it. We've all known about this incident for how many years, dude? For 20 years. Exactly. So why now does this cancel culture bullshit have to like hit Rick and Tommy? And I feel bad for Tommy because now it seems like he's lost his job at Impact Wrestling, right? He And busted open. All Dreamer said, if you, if you actually go back and watch it, Dreamer says that he has never seen Ric Flair sexually assault anyone. That's all that he said. Tommy Dreamer is not involved in How this How is he even the thing? I, I have no idea how this is even a thing. Tommy Dreamer did nothing wrong. I've also seen that we're coming after Dustin Reynolds. Right? What? Why are we coming after Goldie? Because Terry was also on the plane. They were freshly divorced. And Dustin is so drunk that he grabs the intercom that goes throughout the plane and sings a sad country song. So now we have to cancel Goldie because of this? Really? We're going after Scott Hall, who also made an advance at this stewardess, who was drugged out of his freaking mind. Is that so hard to freaking believe? It's Scott Hall. And And he thinks that he was roofied. He has no recollection of this at all. It seems that the only person that has any recollection of this is the stewardess. And that brings us to the nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! (laughs) Woo! (laughs) The nature boy... did, Did anybody think that the nature boy, Ric Flair, was just some good little Catholic kid from the streets of Minnesota who was so terribly misunderstood and he found his way into the big bad world of professional wrestling, but he played this character. He played this character that was a real playboy and you only saw it on screen. Outside of that, he was actually a rabbi, Jimmy. Did you know that? He was walking around. He's got the little fucking yarmulke. He's blessing. He's kissing all the children. Ric Flair is the most pure individual that has ever walked on the face of this golly green planet, said nobody ever. Ric Flair is a terrible human being. We have known that Ric Flair was a terrible human being for at least 40 fucking years. 
<laughs> He's hey, the nature hey, boy, Ric Flair. There is no Richard Fleer there. He is the nature boy, Ric Flair. You think that he sexually assaulted this stewardess? Holy shit, he's probably sexually assaulted every stewardess that was on a plane with him since 1974, if you want to go by that standard. Get the fuck out of here. Absolutely, man. And that's the thing, you said it. It was no secret. We've always known fucking Rick Flair and his antics. And for a second, you had me full jug. I'm not going to lie. When you said he was a good rabbi, I'm like, huh? What are you talking about? But anyway... Back to what I was saying, come on, it's not a fucking dirty little secret. We've all known Ric Flair's antics and his baby arm, should Space I, shall Mountain, I say? baby, woo! <laughs> We've all known, man, but the fact that Tommy Dreamer is, like, really, he's going to lose everything because, what did he say? What did he do? And Ric Flair... Well, and the dreamer thing is even more fucked up to me. Because, it is and, fucked and up. Nobody is talking about these fucking assholes who created Dark Side of the Ring. That very well could have been a six or seven hour interview with Tommy Dreamer. And what did they use? That 20 seconds of footage. You are completely at the mercy of the editors and the producers when it comes to this show. They are trying to put out good television and they will manipulate a soundbite like there is no freaking tomorrow. Show me the raw footage. Nobody's even talking about these assholes. Nobody. It's just, it's just fucking put it all on Tommy Dreamer and Ric Flair. But poor old Tommy... <laughs> who was sticking up for the business of professional wrestling and just just this shit in general. Like, what did he say? Like you said, he didn't even say, he didn't throw Rick under the bus. He didn't, I don't understand how this has happened. Is it because of the pressure from, from you know, outside of the, like I'm talking about like the rest of the fans, is it the pressure from the fans and the, and just people in general that's made this happen? Yes. What that's did what he do is. wrong? It's, it, it's, it's this woke culture that wants to take the 2021 standards for everything and apply it to history. And you cannot do that. You have to look at the context. You have to look at a group of freaking grown ass men who are professional athletes being stuck inside of a tube for seven hours and going through three goddamn carts of alcohol. Right. That's number one right there. It's sad, man. It's sad. Something needs to be done, Jago, about this shit. Furthermore, enough's enough. Now they're trying to throw Jim Ross under the fucking bus. And I don't appreciate that either. If you want to throw somebody from the pro wrestling business under the bus, where does the buck stop? Vince McMahon was on that fucking plane. Vince McMahon (laughs) didn't even get up out of his seat to go address the fucking talent. He sent poor old JR. Vince could have stopped all of this shit at the very fucking beginning. And bringing up Vince, wasn't he shoot wrestling with Brock Lesnar or, or something like that? Or was it Kurt Angle? Someone like on the plane right from hell, if I remember correctly. Kurt right? Yep, Mr. Perfect. It, oh, there you go. And he got fired for it right after that, right? Yep. And he and from all reports, Vince was pretty drunk as well, man. I mean I just they're gonna come for Vince. And they're they're gonna do it this season. Because they're doing an episode on the fucking steroid trial. Oh, bullshit. Oh, no. 
Why are these people still doing these interviews? Oh, man. It's just... Yeah, no, nah, this shit dude. needs to be fucking put to an end because even though this is the oldest fucking... How many times have we heard about the steroid fucking shit, right? We but all know about it. it. They're, now they're doing it in a mainstream context and all these woke millennial assholes are just hearing about this shit for the first time and they go to their fire-breathing Twitter machines and they just... You don't know what you're doing. You you have to look at the context of what was going on around these stories. I mean, and guess right. what? Wait for the documentary that comes out about the Rolling Stones. How about Elvis fucking Presley? You think he was an upstanding young man? Please. The world of entertainment, the world of sports over the course of the years has some very, very dark and dirty places. Babe Ruth was a fucking prick. Really? Yes. He I was never a knew womanizing. That. Was... Half the time, Babe Ruth was smoking a cigar and drinking in the dugout before he came out and hit a home run. Well, let's be honest. Did he really look the fittest? I mean, he was a bit no. sort of round. That's what I'm saying. Like, he didn't really look I like mean, an athlete. Clearly, we should cancel Major League Baseball because they didn't yep. let the Negro League players go in. <laughs> Shit. I mean, like, where does it freaking uh. stop? <laughs> Man, that's it. Just cancel it now, dude. Fuck baseball. Fuck football. Fuck everything, dude. I mean, does does anybody think that, you know, the, the, the Oakland Raiders back in the day, you know, oh, that bad boy image, that was just, that was just for the press. No, they were fucking pricks. <laughs> just like the Detroit Pistons, too. Oh, my God. Like the Malice in the Palace. Did you see that documentary? Oh, yes. Yeah, that was brilliant, man. That was great. I mean, that was some good insight, dude. And now real. there's that people that want to take Ron Artest's championship ring. Like, he shouldn't even have that. Nope. Oh, get the fuck out and of here, And it's just man. like, you Jesus know what? Fuck Christ. you, people. Fuck you, people. So Absolutely sick fuck of these assholes. you, people. Like you said, this is sad. it's a sad world we live in, bro. It really is. It, it makes me resent people, even. I uh, just... These are just silly, dumb, stupid... Whatever you want to call it, it's just... It really pisses me off, man. Because are we that silly? Have we become that stupid dude? Like, I mean, and I'm not talking about like us, but I'm yes, saying like yes, this. We have. As, a, as a society, clearly right. we have. Like, man, I don't like this world we live in right now because you can't say shit. And if it, if these guys at uh, Dark Side of the Ring have any sort of respect for the for professional wrestling, they'll stop doing this shit for now, man. It's not the right time to fucking be putting out this shit because they're going to absolutely fuck a lot of people up, this man. Was a, this was only episode one of this season. Right. There's like seven more episodes coming. And there's not a damn thing they can do to stop it because at this point it's in the network's hands. And the network loves this. The network loves everybody talking about this. The network loves people going after Tommy Dreamer and Ric Flair because it's making the network feel like they're more over than they are and that they have more power than they do and wait until next week and we can't wait to see the ratings. Actually, what are the ratings like for, for, like for us down here? We've got... Uh, Vice as a channel, like an actual yeah, channel so, so on, on on TV, not on cable, but on, actual on on network television, right? And you know, Dark Side of the Rings on that as well, and and whatnot. But um, what's the ratings like? Do you know I in the states particularly? I, I can't imagine I, that it's that difficult to find, right? Because you don't hear about it. That's why it really it wouldn't be doing over a million, surely. Oh no, 
No way, yeah. No way. I did say, you know, 100k tops. If that. Dark Side of the Ring is the highest rated show in the history of Vice TV. Are you ready for this? As a whole, the show has averaged 423,000 viewers. I'm about to fucking fall off my chair. No way. 423,000 viewers. We're talking impact wrestling numbers. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? They're, they're probably doubling impact wrestling right now, dude. Well, yeah, they are. I mean, impact yeah. is right around like 150 wow. right now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I didn't expect that, Jago. I really didn't, bro. That's pretty shocking shit. It's, I guess it's more popular than fucking we realize, man. 423,000 viewers? Meh. I know it's not much, right? But that's I mean, how low we've Smackdown gone. Smackdown has five times that watching on Friday night. <laughs> and the Smackdown ratings are down. And they're and they're doing five times that. Why are we <laughs> giving these assholes this platform? I just You know what? Fuck these fuck guys, em. man. Fuck them. Yeah. I'm done talking yeah, about them. I'm not giving them my platform. Fuck them. Fuck them. Let's yeah, talk about actually, NXT. Uh, another one. Yeah. Let's speaking do it. Speaking of the levels of fuckosity inside of the pro wrestling business, let's talk about NXT. <laughs> NXT 2.0 came to us this Tuesday. Um, I've seen some clips from this show. I'm happy that Tommaso Ciampa has gotten Goldie back and the greatest love story in professional wrestling has finally come full circle. Uh, let, let's start with Samoa Joe. They didn't really talk about Samoa Joe on the show a whole lot at all. Samoa who? What are what's the deal with Samoa Joe? I'll tell you what the deal is, Jago. Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, and Johnny Ace. Yep. That's the fucking deal, bro. Yep. Right? Once they've taken over the reins off from Triple H, they're the ones that released him per se, right? In the first place. Well, get on the get the fuck out of here once again. That's what the what's going on. And it pisses me off too, man. I mean I'm, you know, I've always been a fan of Joe's, and this is bullshit. Straight up, he's not injured, dude. I've no. always said that he's not injured. No, no, I'm, I'm afraid that you're right. I'm afraid that everything you just said is right. Um, but it does sound like Joe is going to stick around um, in some kind of like a, a coaching capacity, uh, which is what I said when he returned to NXT. I made the comment that he was hired as a player coach. And right. I, I think well, that's was. very much the situation with Samoa Joe. And now they're going to put him more into that coach role because Vince and Bucky don't want him around. I mean, it's really that simple. Unbelievable, man. I'm so sick of just the way that company runs shit, man. It's fucking so outdated. It's so dumb. You don't get fucking over for being talented anymore over there. It's basically who sucks the most dick, dude. Who shines fucking Vince McMahon's fucking knob better than fucking whoever? I mean, let's be real. How many talented professional wrestlers have been around and not gotten pushed because of Vince just doesn't feel like it or, or whatnot? The politics in WB is so passe. I'm so over their bullshit. Uh, look, man, I really hope AEW absolutely start crushing friggin' Raw so they can serve them right, man. It's karma. I really want Karma to bite those motherfuckers in the ass. You know what I mean? Like oh, big it's time. it's coming. It's coming. 
I, I, I hope I, you're I, right. I really do believe that that part is going to be coming, especially now with Monday Night Football getting back into full swing. AEW beat Raw. I believe this is the fourth week in a row inside <laughs> of the key demos. With Monday Night Football, I don't think it's unreasonable that Dynamite is going to outdraw Monday Night Raw in total viewership sometime in the very, very close future. We'll put it this way, Jago. I've got a feeling they're going to get about a 1.8 next week, surely. It's just, it's set up to, you don't think so? Oh, I, I, I mean, it's possible. I think it's possible. It's possible, of course. And, and, I, I know and I'm I, going way too high here, but you, I don't know, man. Yeah, the no, Grand as, Slam as we talk about what they have lined up for Grand Slam, they have loaded this thing up like a pay-per-view, unquestionably. It's like all out all over again, except not as confusing. Yeah. <laughs> You yeah. know what I'm saying? I just feel like he's going to be a, a, the best dynamite probably ever, in my opinion. I could be wrong, but that's how just the setting at, at Arthur Ashe Stadium, the tennis like you know complex there is beautiful, dude. And I know because we even do a lot of shows here at our tennis complex at Rod Laver Arena, which is the main arena for the Australian Open. And I've always loved that setting, dude. So I could only imagine, believe me, it's going to look brilliant. Like on television, man. I just think this is the chance. How can you not, man? It's 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 Daniel Bryan, or sorry, Bryan Danielson, the American Dragon versus Kenny Omega, man. I mean, come on. If that doesn't draw, I don't know what will. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I can't well, wait. Well, I can tell you what's <laughs> not going to draw, and that's NXT. Um, as I now, I know you review NXT on a regular basis over at the pro wrestling coalition, which you can find here at the, at the hitting the marks podcast network. I was incredibly confused by this show. And, and here's why I'm seeing names like Braun breaker. I'm seeing names <laughs> like Josh Briggs and Brooks Henson. I'm seeing B fab Katrina Cortez, uh, Carmelo Hayes, trick Williams, um, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. I think one of them is actually um, Darby's ex-wife, right? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I don't know who any of these people are. Can I? Ju- and also, is it just me, Jago? <laughs> but they're coming across as like porn names, dude. Like they're porn stars instead of professional wrestlers. You, mean you dude. can't get behind Vaughn. Wagner. <laughs> yeah, how silly is that shit? Isn't that Bull Buchanan's son? Yes. But I mean, like, I there's no star power on this show. They're 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 completely rebooting the show like boom. Right Literally. now. Yep. And I I think this is a terrible idea. Like I understand it from the company perspective. But as far as NXT as a property, NXT as a TV show, NXT as far as a, a, what it's worth to USA Network, I think this is going to be canceled in six months. 100%, Jago, 100%. And like I said on the show, look, I, I was that confused. We used to call our NXT review show Conflict, right? Well, I'm conflicted. <laughs> so it's called Confliction 2.0. Right, because that's what it is. Even though it's 3.0 though, Jago, but right. who am I to judge, right? <laughs> Please. And I've said I said it this past week on our show, but it feels like Vince, Johnny Ace, Bruce Pritchard, 
have all come into NXT while Triple H is on his knees and Triple H was the, you know, the, at the end of a Bukaki session by Vince, Bruce and Johnny Ace, man. And this is what you got, this splurge of colours. You know what I mean? It's pretty much a Bukaki session on Triple H, dude. That's what happened. Black and gold? Uh-uh. <laughs> it's just, None of that. They popped a rating this week for the introduction. People tuning in to check it out. Was there anything on this show other than Ciampa and Goldie finally getting back together, which the timing seems all wrong for to me? Yep. Was there anything on this show to keep anybody tuning in next week? Nothing. Nothing. Not for me. See, Kevin Panetta, who's my co-host, absolutely loved the show. I was the total opposite. I couldn't stand it. So each to their own, whatever. But for me, sure, they've got some great talent coming up, but only, you know, fans like us would know who they are. You know what I mean? Not the mainstream. And Bronson Breaker? Like, really, Jago? Why, Bronson why did Breaker? they not just call him Steiner? I mean, Bronson, sorry. Bron Breaker. It should have been Bronson Breaker at least because that's his actual name. It sounds better than Bron Breaker. You, you, what the fuck? Know, I feel like they did AEW a real solid on this one. Yep. Because when he gets released, he's going to go to ABEW and he's just going to be Rex Steiner. That's exactly what I said on the show. Exactly what I said. I swear to God, I word just, for word. I said, once he leaves WWE, he's going to be freaking Rick why Steiner. Would you do that? Or, like, why would you know what I'm you saying? Not like, take advantage of the Steiner name. Is it because they yep. were more a WCW property and Vince is like still bitter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, you know it's true, Jago. You know you know that. This is how this old man is. I'm, I mean, I've got all the respect in the world for Vince, but he's just, he's, he's, one, he's something else, dude. Something else, man. He can't absolutely, his ego won't allow him to be like, I'm the winner of the one day night wars. Still, still. It was 20 years ago, Vince. Yep. I don't understand that one. I also don't understand the wedding. Um, I, I <sighs> full disclosure, I am not a fan of pro wrestling weddings. I, I just think <laughs> it's stupid. I think it's a stupid uh, gimmick. It's a bad idea on. from bad creative, as my best friend Chris Jericho would say. <laughs> but Jimmy, I feel like there's a, a bigger aspect to this entire situation. It is now being reported that Johnny Gargano's contract is up in December. Yep. We know with Vince and Pritchard and Bucky kind of taking over NXT, if anybody does not fit into that vision, it's Johnny Gargano. Um, are, are, are we expecting Johnny Gargano inside of AEW? And if so, what is the path for Johnny Gargano in AEW? I'll be honest, dude. First of all, they're leaving. I mean, they're going to get released or whatever. They're just going to let their contracts run out because, let's be honest, if you noticed from this reboot, the roster's gotten a lot bigger, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. much bigger. And that's obviously because of that crew, like Vince and his cronies, right? Right. So that's obvious. But will AEW recruit him? You know what, dude? I've got a feeling they might not. I don't think well, they will. I mean, let's remember, Johnny Gargano was part 
or is part of that PWG generation. Right. He does That's have true. roots in Reseda. Um, Absolutely. Clearly, Candace's roots are even deeper in Reseda than Gargano's. So, I mean, there there is a connection there. I oh, just definitely. even when I look at the AEW roster right now, I just. I think Johnny Gargano fits into that roster very well, but I don't know right. where you slot him. Like, I, I feel like he is a perennial TNT championship contender at best. 100%. That's why don't be surprised if they don't go for him, because let's be real, there's no room right now, dude. What are you going to do? Get another freaking guy that, that you won't be able to fit in properly? Right now, I think they need to put the brakes, unless it's a huge, huge name, like someone like a Bray Wyatt, say, then put fucking push the brakes, man. Slow down a little bit and work with what you've got. That's just my opinion, though, Jago. I'm not saying say, I'm not a fan of Gargano, though, in saying that, but, but you say I'm just Bray being real. Wyatt, and I think I'd sign Gargano before I would sign Bray Wyatt. Wow, interesting. I mean, look, at the, look at the AEW roster. Look at the AEW roster construction. I feel like Argano fits on that roster better than Bray Wyatt does. He does. If you if you want to go that PWG route, right? But I feel like AEW is trying to mix, like have everything sort of going on, like a bit of everything. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. I just don't see where you can slot him right now. Does he go against Miro for a TNT title? I mean, please. I, as weird as it sounds and this is i can't even believe this is going to come out of my mouth <laughs> the best place for johnny gargano is smackdown what they just lost daniel bryan they do right, not have that right. undersized white meat baby face <laughs> that everybody can rally behind at this point I feel like the best place for Johnny Gargano is in that spot that go out there, get your ass kicked the Mikey Ripwreck spot, right? Where he may not win all the time, but he's got that rebel heart and the fans start to rally around Johnny Gargano as that white meat baby face. I feel like that's the best spot for Gargano right now. As I look at all the rosters throughout the pro wrestling world, I feel like that's the right spot. Hmm. Interesting, but would he? Does he have enough talent to actually fill that void that Brian Danielson has left? Oh yeah, that's a big shoes to fill. You know what I'm I saying? I mean, maybe I'm higher on Gargano than a lot of people are, and that's I mean that's entirely possible. But I I feel like Gargano slides into that white meat. I can make myself look like I was concussed at any given individual moment in time. Role better than anybody else that they have on that roster. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not to- I'm not Gargano fan. They're going to be wrong, but I'm not totally sold on that just yet because I really don't know what the future really holds for Johnny Gargano and his wife. You know what I mean? Because even Candice LeRae, like where do you slot her in? Straight into the AEW women's division, obviously. There's no more dick man, you know, with their history. You know what I mean? Uh I don't know, Jago. I can see him getting lost in the shuffle, dude, right now. So I, I really don't know. Where to, is Impact a good destination for them? I don't feel like Impact is a good destination for anybody. I mean, I would rather see them go to Ring of Honor than I would go Me to Me too, Impact. right. I'd rather, I'd rather them go to Japan and stay there instead of being part of the Ring of Honor actual roster. But that seems weird, though. I don't know if he suits that sort of thing. 
Can you imagine? No. Oh, yes, yes, I just, can. I, I'm, can. I'm picturing in my mind Tomohiro Ishii just destroying Johnny Gargano. And oh. it's putting a smile on my face. It, you know, but almost spanking him like a child, dude. Right. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you'd be oh, selling that shit. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I feel like... It, if, if Gargano would go to Japan, I think he would do very, very well because he would be in that junior heavyweight division. Right. And absolutely. I mean, when you get into it's like true. El Desperado versus Johnny Gargano would be really, really That'd good. That'd be fun. Hiromu right, yeah. and Gargano would be really, really fun. Hell, Doki and Gargano would be fun. I'm <laughs> I'm really coming around on Doki. And I know what it is. It's the Doki Chokey. I pop for the <laughs> Doki Chokey every time. Every time it pops me. Dude, I know you're going to disagree with this, right? But I dare say a Yano Gargano match would be fucking funny as shit. Yano Gargano. Oh, I <laughs> Look love at it. That. We could actually do a whole like backstage <laughs> vignette thing where Gargano is, and Candace, they like they feel like they need to adopt a special needs child and it turns oh, out no. to be Toru Yano. <laughs> oh, it'd be great. Oh, Yano Gargano. Yano Gargano. <laughs> It writes itself. See what I mean? It could I think be, it could be a 30 minute TV show like screw you, BTE. <laughs> I'm watching Yano Gargano. Oh, oh that'd that's be brilliant. great. That'd be fantastic. Uh, what, what, what did you think of the Indian Dexter wedding? <sighs> kind of cringy, dude. Yeah. Like real cringy and childish. And just how many times have we seen the same shit? Like, seriously, I've never liked any weddings other than. The match made in heaven back at SummerSlam yep. 91, I think it was, or 1990, one of those ones, right, with Macho Man and, Macho and Elizabeth. Elizabeth. That's the, that's the only was, one. Right, that's the only one. And it was taken serious compared to all these other weddings. You know what I'm saying? And it evolved into an angle, you know, with Jake the right. Snake at the time, right? What the fuck is this shit? Dexter Loomis is so destroyed, in my opinion. He's lost his mystique. He looks like a goose he had to me, dude. Sorry? He had Mystique? No. <laughs> Not to me. But there's a lot of people that vouch for him. I've always felt like he was a one-trick pony. Even the, the Sam Shaw stuff in Impact, like, it did nothing for me. He's he's one of those talents that everybody has ranted and raved about for years <laughs> that I'm just like, meh, I don't get it. I mean, you're, I'm, I'm like you, dude. I've never gotten him. I don't like his look. He's so goofy to me. Yuck! That's all I got to say. Yeah, no, <laughs> like no. hell no! I, I could I could never get into anything like that. But whatever, everyone's got different tastes, I guess. Jug. I mean, who are we to friggin' tell them they're 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 not you know supposed to like something like that? But to me, it's just dumb, stupid, and and goofy. And Indy Hartwell's better than that, dude. Oh, dumb, stupid, and goofy. I thought you had moved on to our next topic, Big E. <laughs> um, <sighs> Big E shows up on Monday Night Raw, puts down Bobby Lashley. He is your new WWE champion, which I love. I I love everything about that. Unfortunately, Big E also showed up on SmackDown, and he's still Big E. Like, I I don't – I want Big E to get more serious. You know what I mean? (laughs) I want that five-time Big E Langston sort of fucking back in NXT FCW days, dude. Well, I mean, I don't – That would be much better. I don't need him to go necessarily that serious, <laughs> but I 
need to see some kind of level of seriousness come out of the WWE champion. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see you carrying around shit in your tights. I don't want to see throwing out pancakes. Uh, you know, like, I, I just, I don't, I, I want to turn Biggie into John Cena. Like I, I, that's, I see that level of greatness in Big E. He, his personality is so wide ranging, but I feel like if you just go so heavy on the goofy shit that he's not going to be able to come back from it. You're right. Big E deserves better than that, dude. Um, look, he's a funny guy. And don't get me wrong. He's good in his, in his role right now. Right. But like you said, we've seen this goofy shit for too many years already, man. Let's fucking evolve a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure he'd be down for that. I'd like to see him as a heel even. Right. You know what I'm saying? And be just a big killer. I just feel like he's not going to have a long title run. I just, I don't know why, dude. I see him actually losing that belt back to Lashley pretty soon. I don't know why. That's just my feeling I get. I did not like him showing up on SmackDown last night. And that's before he went out there and acted like a goofball opposite of Roman Reigns. Um, I, I was like, wait, you're the Raw champion. Why are you showing up on SmackDown? And now now I know the answer. The answer is Roman Reigns is going to be on Monday Night Raw Monday night because they're trying to maintain some kind of a rating up against Monday Night Football so they don't get embarrassed by AEW Dynamite and Rampage next week. Because I, I, like you mentioned earlier, as we come to the Grand Slam preview... Those shows are loaded. <laughs> loaded. I mean, how do you go against that? Bring Roman <laughs> onto Raw. But, and Raw needs it, dude. Let's be fair. They really do need that little injection because Raw is just a turd. Especially that middle, in the middle of the show is just, get me out of here. I can't last anymore. I'm trying to concentrate because I have to do a show, right? Dude, it's it's difficult, man. It's I'm hard. I'm nodding off sleeping, and it's a daytime here for Christ's sake, <laughs> and it still puts me to sleep, what bro. Time, what time does God. Raw air down there? Sorry, what time does Raw air down there? Uh, it well it depends. It, like during the summer for us, it'll air at twelve midday lunchtime, right, and finish at three. But during the the winter, it starts at ten a.m. Oh and finishes God. at one. Oh, my God. And I hate that. 10 a.m. to 1 is, oh, I'd rather the 12 to 3, you know? It's hard to wake up to watch Raw. I mean, damn. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, if I, I only do it because I have to, man. Otherwise, it kills me, bro. Well, and now, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Now we have this interesting kind of situation where the Raw and SmackDown drafts are going to be coming up. And... I feel like the reason that they took the title off of Lashley is because of the draft. The, my question okay. is, are they sending Lashley to SmackDown or as was kind of previewed on SmackDown last night is Brock Lesnar coming to Monday night raw? Because I feel like they're going to try to get those two guys on the same roster. I would hope that Brock Lesnar is coming to Monday Night Raw because that match is sort of sort of has to happen now. Yeah. I mean, everybody's asking for it. It will be a huge matchup. I mean, let's be real. You know, Bobby Lashley is the black version of, of Brock Lesnar, man. I mean, these two, 
but it, are made but for if each other. You know what I'm saying? Lashley to SmackDown, it would make sense that you take the Raw title right. off of him a couple weeks before the draft. Like that, that makes logical sense to me, and it's the only logical sense I can make out of Biggie announcing his cash in Monday on Raw. So I, I feel like we're going towards Lashley and Lesnar. Which is fantastic. I mean, sign me up. It's just a matter right. of, is that going to happen on Monday nights or Friday nights? Because I'm not sure they want to move Brock Lesnar to Monday Night Raw. I don't think they do either, Jago. And they don't want, they're damn hell not going to move Roman no. right to Raw. And if you do get Lashley on SmackDown, just say... I mean, that really puts the nail in the coffin to Raw a little bit, dude. I was going to say, what does Raw get then? I don't know, like Seth Rollins, maybe Edge. Well, I could see Seth Rollins moving back. You know what I'm saying, right? So you can do that, but that all that does is mask yeah. what's really going on. You know what I mean? It just puts a bandaid on there. It's just a facade, shall I say? You know what I mean? But I, you know what? I think it's going to go that way. I, I, I can see it. You're right, man. We're going to get Lashley on SmackDown. I think, man, it's the only logical way I can see. Hence, why Big E took the title off him. And, and I've kind we're of off to the like, races, Jago. I've kind of felt like Drew was going to SmackDown, too. He needs to. Well, I mean, well, I guess now you could pivot to Drew and Big E. Because the stipulation was Drew couldn't challenge Lashley for the title, right? Right, right. So yeah. I thought it was set up for McIntyre to go over to SmackDown, be an opponent for Roman Reigns as, as the babyface. That seemingly made sense to me. Now, I'm not even sure Roman Reigns is walking out with the universal title against Finn Balor. You said that. You said that even last week. I don't... It is a lot more difficult to predict than people realize, right? Well, and now they're saying that if Balor wins at Extreme Rules, Reigns and Lesnar is happening in Saudi Arabia regardless. That's confirmed. That's, That's confirmed. Happening. Whether the title is on right. the line or not, that match is happening in Saudi Arabia. So it doesn't... Yep. Clearly, that match does not need the title. So go no. ahead and put the title on Balor. Right, but then what? Like, he's, he loses the title, like, pretty quick? I mean... Who? If they if he loses if Bella loses, just say they killed his demon character. That's it, done. If he loses, right? In my opinion, he needs to win, really, right? But what how does he, he win you, fair and square against Roman Reigns? As much as I hate to say this, what if you use Balor as a transitional champion? Well, that's well, and and, and get the universal title on Bobby Lashley. So then you would have you have the Roman and Lesnar program once that program is over Brock can pivot to Lashley and the universal title you can go so many ways Jago but again that makes sense but then doesn't it make Big E and his title run look second rate though when you think about it well, it depends on what they do with Big E. I mean, if, if Big E is going out there and defending the title and he has, let's just say he has a eight-month run, okay, with the title, and he goes out there and he has a great program with Finn Balor and he has a great program with Seth Rollins and, you, like, it, it all depends on how the programs are, are, are structured and who the challengers are. I mean, hell, you could even elevate a Jeff Hardy 
to yeah, yeah, to that to that level. Carrion Cross, I guess, is still kind of in that mix. You could always turn Kofi. Um, I, I've been down for a Kofi heel turn for a while. Uh, so you could do like a Kofi biggie. That could be, a, you know, eight weeks, something like that. You do have Survivor Series in there. You do have the Rumble in there where you don't necessarily have to have the title on the line. I Biggie could run this gauntlet all the way to Mania. It sounds too good to be true, though. At the same time, you saying that, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I just don't know. Like, but what, what, hope... what are there for contenders? I mean, he needs heel opponents. Randy Orton, big time, right? That's uh... true, man. I mean, well, look, this could be a new era if they play it right. You, you know, you got your Nakamura big boys over to Raw. You could do Nakamura and Big E for the WWE Championship. Oh, that could be a lot of fun. That would be I mean, brilliant. Yeah, it I sounds like that. a mid card program in Vince's mind, but I think I would be down for that. I'm down for hell yeah. I mean, yeah, give Nakamura a run for crying out loud. He was way overdue. Of course, AJ's still over there. AJ can get a good <sighs> match out of a freaking drumstick i mean good god i mean right but even he like what are they doing with him really when you think about it he's sort of lost in the shuffle amongst the mid carders right now duke well i mean they've got him doing the tag team thing with amos and i mean that makes sense because when you think of how heavily vince mcmahon is going to feel about amos right so who is the best guy on the roster I can pair him with to learn how to be a professional wrestler? And Vince trusts AJ Styles with that if role. We, so I don't think AJ me. is in a bad spot right now at all, especially if they end up splitting those two up. I could see AJ getting another run with the title. Oh, you think? Definitely. And, and man, he's, he's earned to get another, sh- like, Shot at being champ, man. Vince loves AJ. Ever since AJ flew like halfway right. across the world to come have a five-star match with Finn Balor on 24 hours notice, AJ <laughs> is a made guy in that company. Yeah, it's, it, and it's amazing too because that's rare, dude. It's rare where Vince likes something that wasn't his creation. I mean, you know that, I mean? when they had that big illness breakout, right before it was uh, Hell in the Cell, maybe, that was going to be taking place in Detroit. And the SmackDown roster was in South America. Bray Wyatt gets sick. And so they fly AJ Styles from South America to Detroit. They go out there, him and Balor, tear the freaking house down. You get the big two sweet at the end. I mean, it was a great moment. It was a great freaking match. It was a first-time ever match that WWE actually got to put on, and it lived up to the hype. Since that moment, AJ Styles is a made man because that flying halfway across the world shit, that's like John Cena-level shit. You prove your commitment like that to Vince McMahon, and then you go put on that performance. AJ lost that match, and he's the guy that came out of it with the push. Absolutely. You're right. I felt like he went more, he, he was more over after that match than even Bella was, dude. Yep. Especially Absolutely. to Vince. And that's the only right. guy you got to get over with. Right. No, you're right. Absolutely. He's exactly the only guy you need to get over with. And that's just that's a testament to to AJ, dude. The he's, guy is that good, man. man. You know what I mean? Yep. It's it's a damn shame that AJ Styles didn't get to the WWE when he was in his prime to see what he could have done for that company. 
Hell, it's too bad that TNA didn't actually get behind AJ Styles back when he was in his prime. I mean, <laughs> idiots, Ugh, idiots, I, I'll never idiots, idiots. But in saying that, I'm glad he had his New Japan run yep. because that was the nucleus for what we have today. You know what I mean? Yep, and absolutely. without that, I don't know him being in WWE before that would have even been as high up the card. You know what I'm saying? If AJ Styles doesn't go to Japan, join the Bullet Club, pin Kazuchika Okada, AEW never happens. That's a fact. Hmm. That's a fact. Interesting. True story. Interesting. Interesting. Well, he's the catalyst for all this that we have today. When you yep. think about, it. I mean, it goes back back to Devitt as well. But AJ really put that put on the, the map, on. man. Compared to Devitt, let's be honest. You know, yep. he really did, man. And, and I dare AJ say, was he bigger than it. Kenny? I don't know. When AJ put eyes on it, that's when people discovered the brilliance that was the Young Bucks. That's when yep. people discovered the brilliance that was Kenny Omega. That's when New Japan started gaining momentum. Like, none of that happens without AJ going to Japan. 100% agree with you, Jugger. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was really the birth of the idea of AEW was that night when he pinned Okada. You betcha. Absolutely. And, I, and for our listeners that don't understand what we mean by that, it's more... The institution that of that we have in AEW, like the you know the style of AEW, not necessarily like oh it was AJ that fucking you know that's Kenny Omega does AEW. not right. get over with the American fan base without that. Cody doesn't go to Japan and team up with yep. Kenny and the Bucks without that. That moment that was Lex Luger showing up on Nitro. That's what that's what AJ Styles showing up in New Japan was. It was immediately yeah. credibility in the West and something that Japan had not had in a very long time. Very long time. They were actually pretty flat before AJ came along when you think yep. about it, dude. They were kind of struggling money-wise too, and I think that's when they even got new owners during that time. Bushy Road took over, and it's true, dude. Yep. It's really, it really is. It goes back to AJ. I mean, and people might still point out you know Finn Balor but it I'm sorry nope. he just didn't have that same impact on Bullet Club that AJ did on a whole worldwide level you know what I'm saying and yep. it is what it is man yep absolutely absolutely speaking of uh, that influence on a worldwide level let's talk about CM Punk CM Punk did the unthinkable Wednesday on AEW Dynamite Jimmy and nobody is talking about it. <laughs> CM you know Punk funny, turned dude? heel Wednesday night. It is clear <laughs> as day to me that CM Punk <laughs> turned heel on Wednesday night. It's funny because initially I glazed over it, right? And then you made me like think about it. And you know, you told me to re-watch that first hour. And as I'm watching, I'm paying attention to the stuff that I wasn't paying attention to like when I was watching it at the time, right? And then I'm like, hang on a minute. It can't be punk. It has to be punk, right? And then I started thinking, when you asked me off, you know, like privately, I'm like, it's punk. It's freaking punk. It's there as clear as day. And you saying that nobody's talking about it is so Who's talking about it? And I feel like this is WWE's fault. Because WWE and their terrible commentary for the last 20 years has taught us that commentary doesn't matter. AEW is a different world and you have to recondition your mind. You have to actually listen 
to what's going on too. It really hit me during the MJF segment. But if you go back, even the Adam Cole segment at the top of the show, CM Punk was putting over Adam Cole that entire match. You go back, you watch the MJF segment, and what does CM Punk say about MJF? I like what MJF is doing here. Didn't he even make a comment like he reminds him kind of of himself sort of thing? Yeah, and at one point, CM Punk agreed with MJF (laughs) and referred to the AEW fans as morons. (laughs) And he says it clearly. Clearly. And that's when I came to the realization, Jago. I'm like, The FTR match. He's putting over FTR and their heel tactics left and right. He's putting over Tully Blanchard. If I didn't know better, I felt like Punk was building his own stable, (laughs) right? Like Punk is just going to come in and take over the pinnacle, be like, I like what you guys are doing. I'm going to be your new guy, right? Like that's very like, fuck Sean Spears. We're going to kick his ass out. (laughs) The the chairman sucks. And CM Punk is going to take over that role. Like, like it, it just—it it felt so clear to me. CM Punk turned heel on Wednesday night, and nobody is talking about it. it it's strange, dude. And you know, you mentioned about CM Punk and all that, right? AEW and being having to recondition yourself with the way AEW does things. Well, AEW is full of Easter eggs, dude. Oh yeah, they plant full seeds of Easter eggs, right? right. So this is for sure a thing. These again, Easter eggs, right? They're feeding us. It's all riddles, dude, half the time, right? If you can figure it out, then you're onto it. But every week they're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing it. And it took me a second go to figure it out. And then it made sense to me after what you told me. And I'm like, damn, how did I not pick up on that, right? And the fact that nobody has even picked up on it is actually mind-blowing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think, you know, we could say he's like breaking news, dude. How the hell does no one pick up on this? Because we're, we're just conditioned for the commentary to go in one ear and out the other at this point. But I'm listening to that promo and I'm just like, how, how does anybody put that over unless you're a heel? You know? Right, like, right. That's punk, true, man. Punk turned heel to me. Absolutely. And it's- and it's done for a reason. This is all not done by mistake. This is all thinking ahead. You know what? I think we need a punk heel run anyway, straight off the bat, dude. I'll tell you why. Because doesn't it feel like the punk sort of uh, tour is sort of, uh, you know, dying out a little bit? The fans didn't really pop for him when he came out, dude. Not like for Daniel, I mean, Brian Danielson. Oh, Heck, thought, even Adam Cole got a loud pop. I thought Adam Cole had the biggest pop on that show. Um, the 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 punk thing to me, nobody likes. Okay, so we got Happy Corbin on SmackDown, right? Nobody likes Happy Punk. Absolutely, Happy it's- Punk is not what got over. Raging Against the Machine is what got CM Punk over, and now the machine that he works for is exactly what he wanted, <laughs> right? I mean, when, when you look at AEW and its founding principles and the way that everything like comes together, that's what CM Punk wanted. Absolutely, 100%. So now, so now CM Punk has to become the corporate champion. Like that to me, he has to be like 
suit and tie punk everything AEW he has to turn into like Roger Goodell like he has to go out and just defend everything about AEW it's it's CM Punk's dream that's what he always wanted give me suit and tie punk oh that's that's money right there dude and if you took over the pinnacle like you said earlier Suit and, and kicked out punk. MJF. That sets up an MJF babyface run. No, no, I, I think I think you got to have MJF as part of that. You have MJF, Punk, and FTR. That's okay. my four. We kick out Sean Spears because fuck the chairman. The chairman sucks. <laughs> then you might as well bring La Parka in and bring a real friggin' chairman, right? I would take La Parka over. I would take <laughs> right. La Parka over Sean Spears at this point. And I like Sean Spears as a talent. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm still confused why. Like, who's he got heat with in this company? The guy looks great. Cody. He's bigger than he was in WWE, dude, even, like, size-wise. He looks like a dude that could kick your ass, really, right? Yep. But he's a loser. Yep. Plain and simple. Just a loser, dude. Loses to everybody. He's nothing. Perfect 10, my ass. More like the perfect minus 10. Put him into dark order. Fuck it. Why not? Well, well, I, I, I actually have another, well, another turn that happened. And you picked up on this one right away. And this one's been going on for a while. When you talk about the Easter eggs and them planting Easter eggs all throughout the show, Christian has been turning heel for what feels like months now. It has been a very slow burn (laughs) heel turn. But Christian, when he cuts off Jungle Boy, that clearly to me just adds to it. At some point, Christian's going to turn on Jungle Boy. And something occurred to me as I was watching this show. Frankie Kazarian is out there losing to Adam Cole. So <laughs> Frankie Kazarian, I I really, really like Frankie Kazarian, right? But he's supposed to be the elite hunter. He just lost to Adam Cole. <laughs> so, like, that's not working. I like Frankie Kazarian as part of a tag team. I loved him as half of SCU. SCU, one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Another one of my favorite tag teams of all time is Edge and Christian. Can't we just put Christian and Kazarian together as a tag team? I mean, their 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 vocal cadences are very very similar. They're both veterans that have been around the block many many times. They both benefit from a heel turn. I like it. Let's put Christian and Kazarian together. But would Christian like it? I don't really care what Christian would like. Christian should be happy to be employed. <laughs> well, I just want to say I picked up Christian's heel turn Months from ago. pretty much day one, dude. Really, I've been saying that the whole time. Yep. And a lot of people are like, oh, I don't see it. Well, I saw it from the start, legitly. And that's going to happen 100%. There's no if or buts about it. It's going there. And I'm all for it, to be honest. I think it will elevate Christian a bit like higher on an AEW card because this babyface version which is not so much babyface. It's a bit of a shades of gray really right now. Right? I, th- you know? I thought that he's been a prick the entire time. He has. He really has. But he's be- he's been that, you know, you know, the creepy little bastard sort of Christian a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm all for it, man. And I don't know how people didn't see it. I'm glad you picked up on it too. But, man, as far as Kazarian goes, and I've said this on the skirmish week in, week out, he's called the Elite Hunter, right? He's an elite loser, Jago. You know, the, the last Bullet Club hunter that I remember was Yoshitatsu. <laughs> oh, don't. He sucked. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, like, you couldn't even be like Yujiro. And it's like, yeah, what kind of <laughs> Bullet Club hunter are you? Oh, Jesus Christ. And that's a legend, dude. You know, like, I know he's one I never got. I never got the hype around Yoshitatsu. I just never, I never. Oh, yeah, Yoshitatsu, too. The, wait, wasn't also, uh, what's his name? Also a Bullet Club hunter, dude. There was two of them after Yoshitatsu. I feel like uh, Billy Gunn was part of that at one time. Who? I feel like Billy Gunn was part of that at one time. <laughs> he probably was. I could, I could see that, but there was one more, man. Who was freaking, I forgot his name. I don't know why I've gone blank, but Finn Bell or Prince Devitt's biggest rival in the junior in the junior division coming up. What's his name, dude? Taguchi? He's a legend, dude. Was it, are you talking about Taguchi? Yeah, Taguchi, yeah. He didn't, wasn't he playing? Wasn't he playing that role too? Well, yeah, or, or and, my, and, and then he became. I, Taguchi is one of the most frustrating people on the face of the planet to me. He's a legend, dude. Yeah, but he's become a caricature of himself. He's basically become right. the junior heavyweight version of Yano. Yeah, but why? It's like just, I've never understood that part. But uh, he's so. Anyway, anyway, the point is Kazarian. Elite hunter, my ass. He's an elite loser. He keeps losing to every elite member. Why even put him in this role in the first place? Just for him, not even to be fed a crumb. There's at, at least get color out there and let him beat color. Do like dominate color, right? And Nakazawa, you could use Nakazawa too. Right? Feed him something, man. They ain't feeding him shit, dude. I don't get it. Let's talk about Brian and Omega. Uh, we, we got to see the, the, the stare down here between Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. I don't know what to expect out of Brian Danielson here. Uh, and, and I say it because I think stylistically he is going to be very different than Daniel Bryan. I don't know how people are going to react to Brian Danielson. I loved the segment between Brian and Omega. Because this was Brian saying everything we have all been saying about Kenny Omega for what feels like years at this point. That, you know, basically since the Okada matches, it feels like Omega's kind of just floating in limbo. He doesn't really have a character. His matches feel just a little step off. You know, maybe he's too worried about being an EVP. He's, he's too into his video games. He's not the best bout machine anymore. You know, he's, he's not, you know, five and a half, six and a half star <laughs> Kenny Omega. And Brian said all of it. I thought this promo was great. And what I don't understand, I I would have just set up the championship here because I, I would have just done the championship here because either Brian is taking the title to pop a rating, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, right? Or Omega is going to find a way to win this match, which is going to set up another match. So why not just put the title on the line? Why not just have Brian goad Kenny into putting the title on the line? Go even a little bit deeper. Like, cut even a little bit deeper to the point where Kenny's like, you know what? You want this title? Screw you. You want it? Come and get it. We're going to do it. Like, and have it be Kenny's idea to put the title on the line if Kenny's just going to win. Because now with it being non-title, I feel like it's forecasting that Brian's going to win. Look. 
I know why this is happening because now if wins and losses matter in AEW, like apparently they do, right? And I say that loosely, <laughs> then you can't have him. You can't have Brian Danielson actually going for the, you know, being number one contender because he's not. He hasn't had a match yet. Right, but that's why you make it Kenny's idea that Brian right. gets so under Kenny's skin that Kenny's like. I am putting the championship on the line. Not that you deserve a title shot because I know I'm better than you and I can beat you. Send you to the back of the line. Come in here trying to skip to the front. Uh Uh-uh. I'm sending your ass all the way to the back of the line. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I agree. It'd it'd be, it'd be a bigger deal. Look, Brian Danielson's winning this match. All right. A hundred percent where Kenny goes through this weird, I can see this. Kenny's going to conjure up the best belt machine the next match or the cleaner again. He's going to, it's going to wake him up basically, dude. You know what I'm saying? That's what I feel anyway, right? It's just going to go that way. It's going to send the fans home happy. Everyone be fucking yesing. You know what I mean? Everyone be going yes mania, dude. It's going to be running wild, brother, right? How would you book this match? How would you book this match on Wednesday night between Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson? How would you lay it out? Like, what, what what's the finish of this match? Fuck. That's, you know what I was thinking as I was saying that to you, actually, funny enough? I would do a little swerve. Maybe have it become a title match. Because knowing AEW, they do some silly shit. And when I say silly shit, you think they would advertise, right? But you know them, they might just pop it. It might become a title match at the top of the hour, dude. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It, it might just become a title match out of the blue, but no one knows about it except for the fans and the viewers right then and there. It's not like it used to be back in the day, call a friend, call a brother, call this and that, right? It's not. No one's on their phones for that reason. Everyone's on social media, right? So I can see that, but how would I book it? You have to have Brian Danielson win. You got to. Or ended in the schmoz. No one wins. It is television, right? It's on a pay-per-view. You can go the old dusty route. You know what I'm saying? A dusty finish. Okay. You got you got to think about this, man. You got to look at the long term, Jimmy. Right. But I it's say that for going. a reason. Do you want heat on Kenny? This yes. is how you get it. I put all the heat on Kenny. Right. I want... I, 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 I make women and children cry during this match. I have this match. Number one, I'm I'm with you. We put the title on the line. I'm fully on board with that. You open up Dynamite with Tony Khan. And you have Tony Khan tell people, listen, stick with us. We are going to load up commercials during the first part of the show. We are going to bring you Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson uninterrupted, no commercial breaks, and you have the match go like, I don't know, 20 minutes, right? But I have Kenny Omega murder Brian Danielson. I have Kenny Omega. I, the murder of Brian Danielson happens in New York. I can see these. I know where you're going. <laughs> I have Brie Bella sitting front row. For a 20-minute ass-kicking from Kenny Omega to Brian Danielson. And here's here's the finish of the match. Do you remember when they did Mick Foley versus The Rock? 
And the rock hit Mick Foley over the head with a chair 17 times. Still brutal now, dude. <laughs> I set it up. So Brian Danielson is laying in the corner with his back to Kenny Omega and Kenny Omega proceeds to V trigger Brian Danielson in the back of the head 17 times. Oh shit. Until the referee just stops it. Just have the referee, have Bryce just stop it. Brian doesn't tap out. Kenny doesn't pin him. It's a referee stoppage. And Kenny sets up for another V trigger, number 18. And by this point, Brie Bella is in tears, thinking that Brian Danielson is about to die in the middle of Arthur Ashe Stadium. And she jumps the barricade and she jumps in the ring and she covers up Brian. And then Kenny V triggers the fuck out of Brie Bella. Oh, shit. <laughs> Put all the heat on Kenny Omega. Oh, I want fuck. Kenny Omega to be the biggest heel on the face of the planet. I want the murder of Brian Danielson. I want the murder of Brie Bella all in the middle of the ring at Arthur Ashe Stadium in front of 15,000 people in New York throwing shit in the ring. I want this to be Hulk Hogan just started the NWO. Oof. Oh, dude. Think Why of the heat that you could put on show? Kenny and then set up the rematch. Then you put the real belt on the line and you do it at full gear and you don't see Brian until then. Full does the Sandman treatment with the with the eye with the eye and just kayfabes it all the way. Fuck Dude, man. if that don't if he doesn't come out to the final countdown after that at full you do gear, it, man. it's too expensive. That's the problem. I know. I it's get that. I get that. But Tony, you got the money, man. 50 just grand do it a for pop? One it's worth it. That's what you call that, a fucking angle, dude. That. I don't think it's worth that. Right. But imagine the symbol. Look, the symbolism of it happening in New York, too, would yes. be huge. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it's New York. It's up north, right? I mean, dude. That, that's great. That is awesome. And I, and I agree with you because Kenny needs all the heat. I knew you were going to go that way, right? I was throwing the white box in in trying to say, like, throw the towel in the ring or some shit. Just like a complete stoppage, absolute murder him. Dude, that's that's beauty. That's the beauty of professional wrestling, dude. But do they, are they smart enough to think like this, though, Jago? What was that? See, but you saying this to me, dude, like, I want that to happen now. Like, it just, if you want a big money fucking match, that's how you do it, man. You know what I mean? Pay-per-views, buy rates will be through the roof. Everyone would want to, man, that's just, I pictured that shit, dude. But the only problem is, if he did it to break, to break Bell, if Kenny, like, V-triggered it, right? It would get cheers, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't, you don't think, think so. so. I don't think so because the AEW fans seem like they play along. They they right, they, they seem like they yeah. play along. Like like even Adam Cole last week, right? Like Adam Cole gets a huge pop. They give him the Adam Cole baby. Frankie Kazarian comes out to crickets. Nobody cares <laughs> that Frankie is there. Oh, they start right. the match, and the crowd is behind Frankie Kazarian and booing Adam Cole. Like, the crowd plays along, and they're, they're smart enough to know that if I really want to cheer Adam Cole, I boo him. That is how right. I cheer Adam Cole, because he's a heel. And I feel like they would boo Kenny out of the building. But you have to make Dude. it uncomfortable. Yeah, like no, like The Rock right. did with Foley. 
Like, he couldn't have done that with two chair shots. It took 17 chair shots. Absolutely, dude. And that's horrific still to this day. And have that same moment, like Foley's family watching the match. Yes. With Brie Bella. Have the camera on. Oh, I even have his kids. Yes. I know they're young. But heck, I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, fuck, man. That's too good. Now I'm going to be dis. We're setting ourselves up for disappointment, Jago. If it doesn't go that way, man, I'll be bitterly disappointed now, man, because you put that out beautifully. And it's nothing new. This has been done before, right? It's not rocket science, right? Hopefully they hear this shit, man. Because if that does happen, I would piss myself laughing, dude. I'll be convinced that they were hearing this show right now. I'm telling you. Hey, man, maybe you need to get the word out, Jago. You've got your few connections. Be money. You know, if you... Right. Well, call up an AEW wrestler or something like that. Pass on the message to Daniel Bryan and and Kenny. Anybody who says, oh, that's too much. You can't do that in 2021. Fuck that. Right. I know exactly. That's heat. That's fucking heat. How did the horsemen get all their heat? Exactly. They broke Dusty's fucking leg. But... Jaga, you said it, 2021, can we have this? Yes. Can you imagine the friggin' internet? Jesus I mean, Christ. And the, the thing I don't understand, it, when, when people complain about something like that, like in, in ring, right? Right. And they go to the internet and they're outraged. And it's like, did, did you watch like Chicago PD? Did you watch Law and Order SVU? Did you see all the motherfuckers getting shot up and sexually assaulted? <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's It's a fictional TV show. It's a I know, right? TV show. But it's professional wrestling, man, which is in this weird, which is bizarro a world. TV show. You know? Try telling it to why are our fans like this. You see? Why it doesn't matter with professional wrestling, even though it's predetermined, even though it's a fucking TV show, like you said. Whoops, sorry about that. But these, it's like it's unacceptable for professional wrestling to do that, which doesn't make fucking sense, dude. This is why I'm we sorry, can't have nice it's things. Weird. This is why we can't have nice things. Unbelievable, man. I'm b- <laughs> I mean, uh, it's it's that simple. It's, this it's, is why we can't have nice things. Because right. of the, it's the IWC. Bunch of- it's a fucking TV show. <laughs> I mean, hello, people. God. So as you Dude. look at uh, forward to Grand Slam this week, I this is just a ridiculous card. <laughs> they have currently eleven matches announced. You Jesus. you have it, Brian Pillman versus MJF, and uh, again I put MJF over in this match. Like uh, there's no way I'm putting Brian over, Pillman over right. MJF. There's right. no way Pillman's going over in this. No chance. MJF and losing two matches in a row, bro, like that to Jericho and then Pillman. Uh-uh. Pillman? No, no, <laughs> nah. I, although I I popped so hard for MJF yelling at Brian Pillman in hell, like. Oh, that was great, dude. I, 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 I felt like such a terrible human <laughs> being when I popped for that. I was just like, God, I really need to reevaluate my life choices. That's, dude, that's genius, man. Because, you know, I've never seen anyone oh, do that. Great. That's something new. It's it different, was, right? It was great. He's The kid gets it, man. Plain and simple. Sting and Darby versus FTR. I could kind of go either way on that one. Britt Baker yep. versus Ruby Soho. I feel like Britt <sighs> Baker goes over in that match. Kenny and Brian, I clearly, I, I do the murder of Brian Danielson at Arthur Ashe Stadium. And then, like, the interesting one to me is Malachi Black and Cody. Because I don't know how this is going to go. 
Um, I feel like we could go all heels up on Dynamite and get some yeah. real heat going inside of this company. My question is, who is the heel? <laughs> because you this, tell me. Well, because <laughs> this Wednesday on Dynamite, I felt like there was another turn. And it was the official turn of Malachi Black into a baby face when Malachi Black comes out and he starts talking to the House of Black. Please rise. And he's talking to the fans. That's a baby face move. People have been cheering Malachi Black since the very beginning of this thing. Last week, we had Malachi Black versus Dustin, who is like, you know, the the, the most baby face of baby face veterans. And the crown is chanting Malachi, Malachi. They're cheering Malachi Black over Cody. This is the first time I've seen the AEW fans say no. Like, like we will boo Adam Cole because we respect Adam Cole, but fuck you, Malachi Black is not a heel. We are not booing Malachi Black. They're going against Cody here. Do we see Cody turn heel Wednesday and, and put Cody over? Like, I don't know who they think the heel is in this matchup, but to me, it's clearly Cody. Right, and not just that, did you notice Cody didn't even get a reaction, dude? No, they wanted Malachi Black to whip his ass. <laughs> there was no reaction for Cody. But the problem I have with this matchup, and I think it's the wrong matchup, really. Yeah. Right? In hindsight, it, it was the wrong thing to do. Because now what? Right? Do you does cause you feel like I know Cody goes over all the time, right? But you feel Cody needs to go over here, right? You'd think. But you can't have Malachi Black losing either. So can we possibly get just a and no finish, like just, just you know, fighting out back where we get a cage match possibly at the next pay-per-view or something like that for the blow-off. Do you know what I mean? Because I can't see either one of them losing. You just can't. Okay. I can turn this around. Malachi Black wins the match. Right. He pins Cody in the middle of the ring. The crowd pops. Malachi Black celebrates. He goes up on the ropes and he does his little pose thing. And Cody clobbers his ass with a chair. That works. Flips the bird (laughs) to all the freaking people in New York. So like Cody turns after the match and the catalyst for Cody turning is the crowd cheering Malachi Black for beating Cody. Right, that, can, that that works if you go that way, right? Because that way he gets his heat back. And that way Black is still protected in the right. fact that he wasn't necessarily playing babyface, but the crowd cheered him, and that's what finally sends Cody off the freaking rails. He's so much better as a heel Cody, man. Oh, yes. And he just, you know what I'm saying? Like, just so much better. He's got way more energy, too, when he's playing the heel, if you get my drift. Yep. I think you need a turn. You know, can we get a Bret Hart Stone Cold sort of situation? You know, the double swerve. You know, the double turn, sorry. You know what I'm well, saying? I mean, so I don't feel like Malachi Black fits into that box. Like to right. me, the one of the coolest things about Alistair Black to me was his entrance music. I Absolutely. really miss right. his entrance music. But the whole no man is ever truly good, no man is ever truly evil, I feel like that is the character that Malachi Black should be. You can position him against a baby face. You can position him against a heel. 
he's still Malachi Black. You know, like he resides in the world of gray. That should be his character. He's just coming to punish everybody because you're all right. fucking sinners. Whether you think you're a good guy, whether you think you're a bad guy, whether people like you, whether people hate you, you're still a sinner to me and I am going to put you down. That should be the Malachi Black character at its very core to me. So I, I don't think it really matters if, if Malachi goes over, people cheer him. He doesn't care. Right. If, exactly. If, if Malachi puts somebody down and the people boo him, Malachi doesn't care because he is in this for himself. And I, I, I'm down right. with that. I feel like that should be the character. All right. Can we possibly be getting a Bray Wyatt debut and him being involved in this match and absolutely knock out Cody somehow? Is that possible? I just, I don't think Bray Wyatt fits AEW at all. Right. And also, he's still using the WWE friggin' like, you know, Bray Wyatt WWE on his Twitter, man, which. I feel like. You know, I've heard. If Bray Wyatt's going to show up in AEW at this point, I feel like the only spot for him is as the leader of the Dark Order. Because we, we, we've seen the Dark Order kind of doing their bickering thing back and right, forth. Right, right. There's the relationship between Mr. Brody Lee and Bray Wyatt. I clearly like that's been well established for years. So he would have that clout to walk in, be the cult leader, Bray Wyatt. And people would listen to him because he was the mentor for the leader of the dark order. Mr. Brody Lee. Like, I, right. I, I feel like he could kind of bring that back and reframe it all at the same time. But I just don't, I don't like Wyndham Rotunda on that roster. I I, just, I don't think it's a good fit for that roster. You know, is it possible that he's he hasn't really left WWE and this is all some sort of work? I I think the issue, as I understand it, is he has some issues. Right, I've heard that too, like mental issues. Right, and he needs right. to get that straight. And I think that was the biggest reason that he was let go from the WWE to begin with. And also, if that is the case, I don't think I want him in AEW behind the scenes either. Right. Right. Don't be surprised if this is just an extended holiday for him to get his shit together and he'll be straight back into WWE. I just, I just get that feeling, dude. It just... Because no one will see it happening, even though I'm, I'm sure a few people... Uh, you know, I'm not the only one thinking that way, but I just see that happening. I don't know why. I just do. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, there's no talk of him really going to AEW. Not real strong talks anyway. There's murmurs, but nothing serious in my opinion I think, anyway. I think fans want it, but I think as you really look at it, as you really break it down, I just don't think he fits. Yeah. And, and, and I also, and anything sad, that, anything that Bray is. is going to do inside of AEW, I feel like takes away from Malachi Black. And I would rather have Malachi Black in that role. Could they possibly be a, a like some sort of stable even though? But I feel like that takes away from Malachi Black. Even the pairing of the one. two of them, I feel like takes away right. from the wholeness that could be Malachi Black. Unless you have him as a tag team. 
I don't could be I, different. I, I feel like that's even taking away from Malachi Black because at this point I feel like he should be a world title contender. Right. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm strongly leaning towards Bray going back to WWE. I don't know why. I just I feel like I the place for that Bray way. Wyatt is Impact, and oh. I and I don't send anybody to Impact. Oh man, that's so. Or, so or the NWA. Him, I could see him working in the NWA too. Well, he's a he's a rotunda, right? I mean. And style-wise, I mean, in the ring, I like I, I think Wyndham Rotunda versus Nick Aldis is going to be a better match than Wyndham Rotunda versus Kenny Omega. Oh, these styles just do not gel, dude. Yuck. Anybody on that AEW right. roster <laughs> and Wyndham Rotunda, their rosters just the, the, the movesets don't work. Yeah, no, that's the true. The problem man. with Bray Wyatt is the bell rings. Right. And that doesn't mean he's a bad friggin' worker. He's not by any means. But you're gonna put him in there with Penta. Sorry, you're gonna put him in there with Penta. You're gonna put him in there with Darby Allen, like Adam Cole, Kenny Omega, Brian. He slows them all down, dude. It just doesn't work. The only match that he could have there is Cody. Yeah. Or 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 he could win a bunch of matches on Dark against Frankie Kazarian. Yeah, you're right. I like it's it. tough. It's tough, dude. I mean, when you put it that way and you think about it and you really think about it. I don't like it. Yeah, it just doesn't. Doesn't fit. Right. You're right. Tyler Breeze fits that roster better than Bray Wyatt does. He does in a weird way, right? How yeah. weird is that? But it's true. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. you're right. It's sort of, yeah, it's it's an interesting creative problem, I guess. Mm-hmm. It, I it's kind of like the Johnny Gargano thing. Like, where does he fit? Yeah. Fuck, it's... The best it, fit for Gargano a, is SmackDown, and the best fit for Wyatt is Impact, or the NWA. <sighs> like, when you look at the rosters and the way the shows are constructed, those are the best fits. When you put it like that, I totally understand and agree with you, but I don't but see. My God, Bray. that sounds fucked up. It does sound fucked you know? up, really. Picture that, man. NWA and or Impact. But then in saying that, maybe he elevates them a lot. High. I mean, he, damn, he would, right? Obviously, right. But again, if he's in the NWA, he's got to be, you know, rotunda. Nothing. Like, rotunda. Rotunda. He That's can't be name. anything with the fiend. None yeah. of that shit. You know what I mean? Nope. He's got to bring his his family's. You know, Blackjack, uh, was it Blackjack Wyndham, right? Yeah. Blackjack Mulligan. That was, oh, Mulligan, sorry, yeah, Wyndham. That's the second friggin' version <laughs> with JBL. Yeah, Blackjack Mulligan being his grandfather, and um, it makes total sense in NWA. Impact, what do you put him in? Like, uh, what are those monster crew called again? Decay. Decay, that's it. Do you have him as the leader of Decay? I like it that fits, better than I like anything for him in AEW. It fits. It really does. Right. If you're going to give mean, me Rosemary and Bray Wyatt on camera together with crazy Steve laughing in the background. Right, right. It works. I, like, I no really like that. I like that too, but no one will be watching it though. That's the problem. That's why it sucks. You know what I'm saying? Like that that, and that's unfair on Bray and Decay because Decay I like, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... It is what it is. I mean, he's in the pickle, dude. He really is. He's if he pickle. thinks that deep, you know what I mean? I'm sure he does because 
He seems like he does, you know? I don't know where you go, bro. I really don't. It's sad. It's because we shouldn't be having... Really, we shouldn't have this... Com- we shouldn't be having this conversation. It should be as easy as just slotting him into any of these companies, right? But it really isn't. doesn't work that way. does not work that way. Let's kind of take a look at Rampage quick as we wrap up this week. Super Click... Yeah, the super click is back, baby. I pop for that. <laughs> Versus Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. Well, will this be the match where Christian turns on Jungle Boy? That's what I'm tuning in to see on Friday. That and the return of the super click, because I, I am a mark for the super click. I, I absolutely love that shit. Inner Circle, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager take on the men of the year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. This one's kind of weird for me. Have the men of the year actually had a match yet on TNT? Like we've seen them with Dan Lambert, but have they actually had a tag match? I thought they did one match, but that could have been on pay-per-view though. Okay. So they had one match against Sting and Darby Allen. That was on pay-per-view though. Right. 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 Yeah. So I don't think they have. They need this win. To be taken seriously, like, they really need this win, but it's Chris Jericho, and I never bet against Chris Jericho. I mean, right. But they need this like, win. If they're going to be taken seriously, they need this win. Right, but are they going to give him th- that win? And it's against – I just don't see Jericho being like, yeah, to them beating him and Hager. I just – Unless we get, there's got to be a shit fest at the end of the match where Junior Dos Santos or Alovsky, you know, all the MMA guys get involved and then they're left in a pool of blood, basically, or they're getting choked out. That's what I see happening. You know what I mean? A but they won't get a clean win. No chance. Give me the doki chokey. Ana J <laughs> is going to take on Penelope Ford. That's going to be a, a nice little cool down match. It's somewhere on this point uh, because we have a couple of huge matches left. Number one, the Lucha Brothers, as well as the Proud and Powerful, Santana and Ortiz, LAX, if you will, taking on the Hardy Family Office. This is where we're going to get the setup. LAX versus the Lucha Bros. That shit's going down. I like to call them the Dead Presidents. That's what I like to call them. I love that name. Give me my motherfucking money. Give me my dead (laughs) presidents, right? Santana and Ortiz versus the Lucha Bros. They can take my motherfucking money. I like that match a lot. Absolutely. Don't forget the rivalry between Puerto Rico and Mexico, you know what I mean? Especially in boxing. Right. I mean, it just makes all, all the sense for this match. But the only, there's one issue with that match, though, Jago. Unfortunately, LAX, I just they, I just don't see him going over this quick because Lucha, Lucha Brothers just pretty much won the belt. Well, I mean, I, I assume this match will be set up for full gear. Like, I'm talking like the match happens in November. We just start getting the setup here with them as partners. They end up winning the match. And then LAX is like, hey, that's cool. Like, we're boys and everything. But you got something that we want. So we're going to fight. Man, they need to get their comeuppance, dude. I mean, it's about time. (laughs) If anyone's kind of been, I'm not going to say screwed, but would have tested their patience, dude. Right. It's them, you know what I'm saying? And they need a title run, man. It's been way overdue. Unless they're building for that big moment where it's finally happened, great. I'm all for it if they're thinking that far ahead. But if not, 
what the hell, man? You're wasting their talent big time. You know what I mean? Because they they deserve so much more than this shit sometimes. You know what I mean? Speaking of wasted talent, let's talk about John Moxley. Uh, John Moxley <laughs> and Eddie Kingston together as a tag team. Since Moxley lost the title, I feel like he's just kind of floating around in limbo. Uh, but yep. I am intrigued by this match, not because of John Moxley, because of his opponents representing Suzuki Goon, Lance Archer, and Minoru Suzuki. Shit going to hit the fan in New York City. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. It's going to be a like, good old-fashioned fight. Like JL would say, it's going to be a barn burner, dude, literally. It's going <laughs> to be literally. a slobber knocker. You bet. Uh, definitely a slobber knocker. If it's not Bedlam Rules... I'll be disappointed. Surely this would be Bedlam Rules, right? Um, I'm Funny enough, I'm seeing here, this is being advertised as a lights out match. So is this gonna it's be unsanctioned, unsanctioned, which means Bedlam. Oh, no rules. Fuck. No tags. Just fucking fight all over the building, bro. <laughs> it's going to be a fucking... Oh, God. <laughs> you want to call Murderhawk, say Murderhawk? This is going to be a freaking bloodbath. Dude, if Suzuki and fucking Archer don't get the fucking win on this, I'll be bitterly disappointed, man. I'll be very I really surprised, will. too. I, I, I feel like Suzuki pins Kingston to end this match. I hope so. Well, yeah. Actually, that makes more sense. That's what, why Kingston's there, mate. To eat the friggin' pin. I hope Suzuki Gun absolutely annihilate friggin' Moxley and, uh, and uh, Kingston. I mean, dude, come on. Especially that crowd will know the fucking the the Sony and the Kazanina race like part you think right? Oh yeah, it'll be full of marks, right? I mean, we we've heard it in MSG, so I absolutely expected it. Arthur Ashe, um, that they do. Arthur Ashe is going to be hard to mic. That's you gonna think? that's going to be tricky because there's no there's no roof on that place. Is I was going to ask you because our tennis arena right has got a re- retractable roof you know what i mean open and close and obviously during the professional wrestling events it's it's shut right i think so it turns into I a full-blown arena think, so there's no i dome think or arthur ash is open air but i'm not certain on that I, I think they've got like uh like in the tennis it's always open air same with us right when right. they're playing at the tennis, it's always open it never shut and it's bad weather i'm pretty sure arthur ash has like some sort of uh uh, what's it called? Like a tarp sort of thing that they do put up at times. Just not for the tennis, though. It's like a kind of tarp. I, I don't know what material it is. But I saw recent pictures, but I don't know. Something similar to like Daly's Place. You know how they've got that sort of tarp? Yeah. With that, up to, uh, yeah. yeah I, know what you're talking I think about. it's something along those lines, but I'm probably wrong. Oh, yeah. There is a roof on that place. It is a retractable roof. Really? That must be new then. That's got to be new. Built at a cost of about $150 million in 2016. Wow. When? 2016, so five years ago. Oh, there you go. It's fairly new. Right. Because our one's the same as your one, so it makes sense. I mean, yeah, they're going to have it shut. I mean, clearly. They're going to blow the roof right? off that place. Right. And that's cool. That's still all right. I mean, that works. Why not? In your main event of the show, which... When it comes to Rampage, if you haven't figured it out yet, ladies and gentlemen, the main event of Rampage is the opening match. That's the way that they do it. Because on the East Coast, it's already 10 o'clock Eastern time. So they put on the most important match first. 
your main event of the show, CM Punk taking on Powerhouse Hobbs. This one scares me a little bit. It's um, the same. Powerhouse Hobbs at times looks very, very green. Punk's first match being against Darby Allen, I justified as somebody that's light that Punk can kind of toss around a little bit. That is not Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs is not a small man that Punk is just going to be able to toss around that's going to be a bump machine for him. Um, I, I, I'm afraid this is going to be Ryback versus Punk Part 2. And not just that, will Punk be able to even lift him up, really, right now? I don't know. He's built like a big shithouse, dude, and... The more I see Hobbs, the more I'm starting to really like him, dude. Oh, I think he's got a ton of potential. Don't get me wrong. Hell I, yeah, I dude. like him as a talent, but he Absolutely. is still very green. Oh, he's he's green. He's he's very green. And again, this is the problem with AEW and their weird booking committees because is this the right matchup? Right. You know who Powerhouse Hobbs reminds me of? Nation well, of it's- Domination Mark Henry. Hmm. Like he hasn't say quite train, but, figured you know. it out yet. Like he's he's coming along, and you can see all the potential, but he ain't there yet. He he's far from being you know the welcome to the hall of pain, Mark Henry. Oh, he's no. like but nation you know of domination, greener than right. shit. But you can as see the as, talent. Yeah, fuck yeah. As long as they don't do the weight loss bullshit like they did back then, you know what I mean. Can we get a sexual chocolate part two here? Oh, possibly God, with Hobbs. Not. God, I hope not. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And he's gerating as well. Like, you know what I mean? Just like Big E. Does that remind you I was going to say, there's already a guy kind of doing that gimmick at this point. Right. I mean, who fucking knows? I mean, geez. I mean, the, you can see similarities between himself and Big E, but I dare say he's going to become the biggest star than even Big E in the future. I just think that, dude. We'll he's got that much potential goes. in my eyes. We'll see how this rain goes. I mean, I'm pretty sure I could lay out some pretty good opponents for Big E over the course of the next year if they would let him keep the title for that long. It's just going to be, how do they book him, you know? Right. Are they going to book him as a goofball? Or are we actually going to turn Big E into the main event player that I think he could be? Because I think he could be the African-American John Cena. And I've thought that for a very long time. Well, he's got got the gift of gab, dude. He could talk. He can wrestle. He, he's, he's got, got the, the look. look. Right. The range. Well, absolutely. But, you know, maybe he likes to be this this thing. I've heard stories, dude, like when the New Day, like, you know, travel. He's a real moody dude. Like, I hear, like, he really, they do his head in at times, yeah, where he wants to be left alone. And I've heard a lot of stories on their podcasts and all that. He's very, like, fuck off type of guy sometimes. You know what I'm saying? If we get that side of him where we get to see that, that is awesome. Will we? I just don't know. Because I don't know where WWE, what direction WWE goes anymore. I just don't know what the fuck they want anymore. You know what I mean? It's changing every time. So let's see. We'll see what happens. I think what they should do, if this phone call was not made, WWE, you still have a couple of hours, and I know that you have <laughs> private jets. You can make this happen. The Iowa Hawkeyes kick off at 2.30 p.m. local time today. We are playing Sheboygan, Wisconsin State College Campus X University. Actually, I think it's like Kent State or some shit. Anyway, 
we have to win by like 25 points just to cover the spread. All right. Like it's going to be an ass whooping or it should be an ass whooping in Iowa city. Jimmy T have you ever watched an Iowa Hawkeyes football game? You know what, Chuck? I actually haven't, man. Sorry to disappoint you, bro. Okay, well, <laughs> in case you did not know, Big E played football for Kirk Ferentz at the University of Iowa. He was a member of that team. Um, and at the end of the first quarter of every home Iowa Hawkeyes game, there is a children's hospital that is built right behind where Kinnick Stadium is. Okay. So at the end of the first quarter, everybody stops and everybody turns around and they all wave at the kids up at the children's hospital, like 70,000 people waving at these sick kids. It's great. It's the best thing in college football. That's awesome, man. I feel like that doesn't get enough play then, dude, because that's the first I'm hearing of this. Well, they just started it a couple of years ago, but already I think this is the best tradition in football. It's like everybody does it. It's insane. Even like the opposing team. Like they all take off their helmets and turn around, wave at the sick kids. It's great. No, that's cool, man. Have Big E on that fucking football field. He played at the University of Iowa. Get him out there with the WWE championship. Have 70,000 people cheer him for winning the WWE championship because he is a former Hawkeye. Send him out there in his old jersey and have him wave at the sick kids. Like, this is John Cena marketing 101. 101, right. I was going to say that. Let alone in a game where they should win by 30 fucking points. Let Big E go wave at the sick kids. Like, Jesus Christ, W, get on the fucking phone, Vince. Make him honorary team captain today. Let him go out, call the fucking coin toss. Let him wave at the sick kids, walk around with the WWE championship. That's great fucking shit. Just do it. Get behind gonna, him. Do it. Because I think he's got that potential. I'm just going to say we need more We need more Jargos in professional wrestling. You've been on fire tonight, Jargo. Seriously, everything you've laid out is... It's 101, dude. Man, but they won't, right? You think they should. I mean, I saw a picture go up today of Big E at his barbershop. Well, not his barbershop, but at a barbershop with his WWE title. Because apparently, he's been taking that belt absolutely everywhere with him. That's how right? happy he is to be champ. Yet, unfortunately, Jugger, as beautiful as that sounded, it's WWE, dude. Well, and, and the thing is, Biggie is still attached to that community. Um, right. For, for anybody who does not know, the main pathway that goes from border to border across the United States is Interstate 80. It runs from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast. It's a straight freaking shot, right? Iowa City sits right on Interstate 80. Every time WWE goes through the state of Iowa... Big E gets off of Interstate 80 and he goes into Iowa City and he goes to this burrito joint called Poncheros because they have the best burritos in the entire freaking world and everybody will tell you that. Poncheros in Iowa City, Iowa. I think they're up to like three locations all inside of the state of Iowa. Best burritos in the world. And the New Day are pretty regular people that show up there as they're going back and forth across the country 
Got to stop and get their poncheros. That's awesome, man. You make me want a burrito right now, dude. Well, we will. Wrap no, that's up. cool. We'll, we'll go that's ahead awesome. and wrap up today's show so that Jimmy can go get his burrito before he goes to bed. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button and then drop us one of the Meltzer five stars to help us out in the algos. Hitting the marks is brought to you by our friends over at JustCBD.com. Use promo code HTM for twenty percent off your order and the finest of CBD products. Visit the HTM Podcast Network online, HittingTheMarks.com, and of course, Hami Media via the new channelattitude.com keep up with me only on twitter i'm done with facebook they done pissed me off i've become a twitter exclusive at not jargo jimmy how do the peeps the geeks the freaks and the greeks keep up with you (laughs) dude why'd you do that you popped me then when i was about to be ready and then you said that i'm like damn you you had to throw me off. But in saying that, <laughs> you can find me at, at the PWC on Twitter and, and Facebook. Also, you can, if, you, if you're into me and my music, say, you can find me at DJ Mass Effects on SoundCloud, MixCloud, and Twitter as well. And, and also, but most importantly, you can find us right here on Hitting the Marks Network. Right here. <laughs> you know what I mean? So please like and subscribe at hittingthemarks.com. And the PWC Network, .podbean.com. We will be back next Saturday to talk about the Grand Slam as well as to preview Extreme Rules. Yeah, looking forward to that. Finn Bell, Demon, getting his ass beat by Roman Reigns. We will talk to you then, ladies and gentlemen. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Watch your fingers. Label me. Don't give up. You're bad guy. Stop, stop.
your bitch and I lied. She was at home with me last night. I'll be your bad guy. You know I ain't. You'll be so bad.